this time, would you guys join me in warmly welcoming our very own Shauna? We get to hear uh, from Shauna this morning, which is a great honor. So let's, uh, let's pray a blessing over Shauna, if we can, and we'll, uh, we'll get into it. Holy Spirit, again, we just want to pause for a moment to acknowledge your spirit. Your spirit that is here, that is breathing, that is moving, that is alive. I believe, God, that you desperately long for us to hear from you this morning. You are pursuing us relentlessly, always, through countless means. One of these means is through the gift of preaching and teaching. And so, Spirit, um, stir our hearts to hear from you this morning, to be drawn ever closer to you through the message that you have given Shauna, and in that being drawn closer to you, that we would be transformed more into your image. Humble us, Holy Spirit. We give you this time. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. I want to first say thank you to our worship team. You guys. I said this in the first service, and I thought that it wouldn't hold true for the second service. However, I was wrong. Shocking, I know. Um, I'm just going to let you know something I was reminded of before first service and now again before second service is when you're coming to be amongst God's people, and you're in the midst of worshiping this amazing, mighty God, and you've got this worship team that are just helping us just to usher in his presence and singing these amazing songs, the worst thing you can do, and some of you will get this and others of you won't, and that's A-okay, the worst thing you can do is wear black eyeliner and mascara. (laughs) (laughs) You're a hot mess afterwards. So um, there is that. But it's worth it. It is so worth it. So thank you guys. Thank you for your obedience and for your faithfulness and for your time that you give. You come together and you work hard and you yield and we get to experience the benefits of that. So I just say thank you. Thank you. Now, as Brianna said, my name is Shauna. For those of you who don't know me, my husband Scott and I are a part of this family. As Brianna talked about earlier, we um, felt called to come and be a part of this family, to be a part of what this body of believers is doing, and we love it. We love being a part of what is going on here, and um, it just gives us such great joy. Now, throughout the month of December, um, Greg and Seth did an excellent job of taking us through our Christmas series. And we got to hear about the peace, the wonder, the king, and the hope that changes the world. And it was amazing and wonderful. And now we find ourselves, post-Christmas, a couple of days after, we find ourselves in this place. And some out there are happy, thrilled that Christmas is over. You're tired of all the eating and all of the Christmas music and the Christmas movies, and maybe you have um, experienced a lot of chaos during that time, and maybe you had to be interacting with dysfunctional family members. Maybe you are the dysfunctional family member. I don't know. (laughs) But for some, you are like breathing a sigh of relief that Christmas is done. 
And for others, you're already missing the holiday season. You're already missing the memories and the nostalgia of what it means to be with those that you love and the different experiences that you share together. And it doesn't really matter what camp you fall in, whether you're glad that it's over, you're already missing it, because we all find ourselves in this in-between place right now. We find ourselves in this place of getting back to normal, while at the same time uh, beginning to look ahead to what is to come. And as we are about to embark on a new year, and all of the possibilities that turning a page on the calendar will bring, I want to hit the pause button for just a moment. I want to hit the pause button. I want to suggest that our Christmas narrative isn't quite over yet. I believe that there is something a little more that we're meant to get out of this. So I know that we've prayed, but I would love, 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 if you would just join me in prayer once more. Oh, God, thank you for your presence that is here. Lord, I thank you for your acceptance that is here. I thank you for the goodness that can be felt here. Lord, I pray right now that you would speak and that, uh, that we would hear what it is that you have to say, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you always show up. God, you never fail us. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So, how many moviegoers do we have out there? Anyone? There's this one little indie flick, I think. I don't know if it's a big deal or not, this little Star Wars thing. I don't know if any of you guys have seen it yet. <laughs> we have not. Our kids want to go, so we will go. But I want to just take a moment, and let's imagine this whole narrative, this whole kingdom story that we're living as if it were a movie. Now, when you go to the movies, you get to sit through about a good, what, feels like an hour of previews of movies that are to come. And they don't show you, of course, the entire movie. They just show you highlights and little clips um, in order to pique our interest so that we'll come back and watch that movie. So I'm not of, at all, we don't have the time to go through everything, but just if we could just imagine a couple of movie previews, a couple of highlights of this grand story of this kingdom life that we're living. If we were to hit the highlights, we would maybe see as we're watching the creation story. We'd see the story of creation, and then we would maybe see the fall, and then we would see Abraham, and then the life of Moses, and then the deliverance of the Jewish people from Egypt. We would see a glimpse of the giving of the Ten Commandments and the rise and fall of kings. We would see the battles of David and the building of the temple, the destruction of the temple. And we would see how the people of Israel were shipped off to Babylon. And these are all grand, big scenes that really catch our attention and pique our interest. They're full of wonder, and they're full of majesty, and they involve nations, and kings, and power, and glory. But if then in the next preview we saw what would be the sequel, or what would be part two, it'd be a little different. We would see that it all began, part two, with an angel visiting a 13-year-old nobody to tell her that she's pregnant. And then we would see 
the angel visiting her husband-to-be to tell him that she is pregnant with God with us. To explain that, we're going to look at a couple of verses in Matthew. And for many of you, this is a review, so just listen and enjoy. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The scenes, these that we've just talked about, are the complete antithesis of those that led up to this point. Instead of grand gestures of creation and huge productions and miraculous things of parting of the Red Sea and acts of great nations, the New Testament opens with hidden whispers to a couple of supposed nobodies. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The Gospel of John put it this way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That Word, to dwell, that means to reside, to live, to be settled, to lodge, to stay, to abide. Among us, God became flesh and came to reside among us, to live, to lodge, to stay among us. The message put it this way, and I love it. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. God, almighty, in all his glory, became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Amen. Emmanuel, God with us, shows up as one of us and gets up close and personal. This baby, this Messiah, changes everything, everything. This Emmanuel, this God with us, changes absolutely everything. When you're at work, God with us changes everything. When you're interacting with your kids, 
God with us changes everything. When you're experiencing the highest of highs and the greatest joys of your life, Emmanuel, God with us, changes everything. And when you find yourself in moments of despair or grief, Emmanuel, God with us, changes absolutely everything. Everything. And this is a day in and day out situation, you guys. This isn't just about a single day on the calendar. This isn't just about Christmas, but this is about the other 364 days that we live our life. The other 364 days, we get to experience Emmanuel, God with us. And when we acknowledge that, when we see it, when we believe it, it changes absolutely everything. But we have a problem. We have a problem because we don't always see it. We don't always feel it. We don't always see Emmanuel. Many times we see the circumstances around us. Many times we see our busyness. Many times we see our jobs that we have to work to help support our family. Many times we see the difficult people that we have to encounter in life that make things a little challenging for us. We don't see Emmanuel. We don't always live our daily lives as if God were with us because we're focused on all these other things and all these other people, all these other experiences and all these other um, problems or issues, all these other conflicts or all these other great things. We are um, distracted and we're unable to see God with us in our daily lives. And when we have this mindset, when we we move around our life and we do not acknowledge, do not see Emmanuel, then what we do is we miss those everyday behind-the-scenes moments. We can miss them. We can miss them. What happens in the everyday isn't always grand. It's not always huge. It's not always spectacular. And so it can be easy to miss God with us in those moments. Emmanuel, God with us, changes absolutely everything. But we have a problem. You see, we tend to accept subtle lies that keep us from realizing we are in the midst of his presence. These subtle lies, lies like I'm a nobody, or I've messed up, or I'm going through a dark place, or I haven't done my part. You know, I'm not reading the scriptures, I'm not studying the word, I'm not praying to God, I'm not volunteering, I'm not giving, I'm not doing all that I'm supposed to do so that I can experience God. We accept these lies, and we believe these lies, and we begin to live our life as though you are unworthy. They're subtle but then we begin to believe them. And then we begin to live in such a manner as if we are unworthy to receive the presence, the present of Emmanuel, God with us. And you may be out there and you may say, Shauna, here's the deal. These aren't lies. (laughs) I really am a nobody. If you've ever felt that way, don't, you don't have to raise your hand. But I would say to you, if you've ever felt that way, look around. 
I'm not saying the rest of you are nobodies. What I'm saying is, is that I bet you there are others in this room who have felt the same way. I'm a nobody. I've messed up. It's not a lie. I'm going through a dark place. That's my truth. That's my reality. I'm not doing my part or whatever it is that keeps you from believing that you are worthy to receive God with us. You're not alone in that. I've been there. I'm sure others in the room have been there. I'm a nobody. Yeah, I've felt that. I've felt rejection. I have felt shame. I have felt like unlovable and unworthy. Many of you have heard me tell parts of my journey, parts of my story. And I have this um, one vivid memory of when I was a young girl. Now, I was, many of you know, I was adopted at the age of 13, and so my life changed dramatically for the better, and praise God for that. But here's the thing, you guys, that meant I had 13 years prior to that of going through some stuff. And we all have stuff. We all come to the table with a story. We all come to the table with a history. We all come to the table with something that we need God to be present in. And I know that. But a little piece of mine and one memory that comes up um, as I'm thinking about this is I was young, a young girl um, living in the great big state of Texas, and um, I am also biracial. So my birth father is African-American, my birth mother is Caucasian. So. For some, that wasn't so great, um, wasn't a super wonderful thing. And I remember being with my birth mother and going to visit her mother who had a little diner um, out in East Texas somewhere. The only memory I have of this woman, uh, my birth mother's mom, was um, the fact that I could not go into the diner. I had to stay outside the diner. Didn't know why. Um, but it was because she didn't approve. She didn't accept me. So rejection, I get that. I, I understand that. I couldn't even go into the diner because she didn't approve of my ethnicity. She couldn't see beyond that, and she couldn't extend love, grace, or even an open door. So I get rejection. I understand feeling like a nobody. I understand having stuff that we, that we feel like makes us unworthy. And so maybe you're saying, Shawnee, these aren't lies. This is my truth. This is what I'm going through. This is what I'm dealing with. And here's the deal. The lie, the lie part, maybe that is your reality. And maybe that is your truth in this moment or in a previous moment. But the lie comes in when we start to believe that because of these things, we are undeserving of God's gift to us. That is the lie. The moment you start to believe that because of A, B, C, or D, you are undeserving, now you're believing and living in the lie. It's just absolutely not true. Emmanuel, God with us, supersedes all of that. It absolutely changes everything. When you say, I'm a nobody, for all the nobodies out there, God is with you. And in his presence, you begin to see how he sees you, that you are everything. Just like he shared with Brianna, what she needed to hear from him, that, that encouraging, loving word that she was the apple of his eye and perfect as she was and without flaw. For all the nobodies out there, God 
is with you. And in his presence, you are absolutely somebody. That's how he sees you. You are his. For all those who have messed up out there, whew, gosh, yes. Man, the road has been long. But for all of us that have messed up, God is with us. And he washes away those things and he calls us his. His presence changes everything. If you've ever been through a dark place, or if you're currently going through a dark place, God is with you. Emmanuel, God with us, changes everything. There are those who have struggled with addiction. There are those who are struggling with their faith. There are those who are struggling to know if they're lovable or worthy of being um, in a family with others. There are those who have been abandoned, and there are those who have been neglected, and there are those who have been rejected. And all of that may be true, but what's more true is Emmanuel. God with us changes everything, absolutely everything. And for those of us who feel like we're not doing our part, we're not studying, we're not praying, we're not checking everything off the list to be the good little Christians that we're meant to be, God with us is even bigger than that and changes that. His presence doesn't say, whoop, I'm out, you're not doing your part. No, God with us abides and dwells and lives and lodges and stays and remains, changes absolutely everything. You guys, we're not Legos. <laughs> we're not Legos. Surprise. You see, we have three boys, and so there's a lot of Legos in our household. And our youngest son, who's just turned eight, is um, really kind of getting into a certain set, um, a certain theme of set, and he got some for Christmas, and he's so particular. He'll start building, and he'll get to be where I feel like he's almost done because it looks almost complete, and then something will be off. It's not quite right. It's not perfect. And so he dismantles it all, and he starts over. I kid you not, no less than three times did this happen per set until he got it to be where it was just right and perfect. Then what does he do with it? He puts it on the shelf so no one will touch it and no one can play with it and no one can mess it up because it's perfect now, so there it has to stay, collecting dust. We're not Legos, you guys. Humanity was not created. You and I were not created as some sort of plaything that gets tossed away when we become tedious or troublesome, or tired. That's not why we were created. Neither, neither were we created as a project for, for, uh, that, that the focus is on a constant upgrading and a relentless improving or a perpetual tinkering. That's not why we were created, you guys. We're not a project. We don't need constant upgrading and relentless improving. You see, from the very beginning, God made a commitment. He made a commitment to be in covenant with us, to be in relationship with us, to be with us 
as we are, where we are, wherever we are, he's always had that commitment to us to be Emmanuel, God with us. It is so very important to him that he has continued to come at us and come at us and come at us to be with us, to relate to us, for us to embrace him over and over and over again. And this changes everything. It cost him everything to be with us, and he would give everything to be with us because it's that important to him. He is so very committed to being in personal relationship with you and you and you and go down the row and up the aisle. He is committed to you to be with us. This last November, Scott and I celebrated our 17th anniversary, our wedding anniversary. I think we're going to make it. <laughs> I think we're going to be okay. <laughs> but for um, our anniversary, Scott really wanted a record player. Now, some of you are way too young. And you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> There's this thing that you put vinyl on, you put the needle on, and it plays songs. <laughs> and it's very cool, and I love it. And so Scott wanted one, and so I, we got him one for our anniversary. And so then goes the process of trying to find records. And he doesn't just want to go on Amazon and order records. He like wants to go and find these vintage records. And so <laughs> we've been spending some days, like when I have a day off during the week, um, we'll go and hunt for records. And a couple weeks ago, we were in um, downtown Stillwater, and they have a, a lot of fun little antique shops and stuff, and we found a bunch of records. And Scott's like hoping to find like this, you know, maybe a vintage classic U2 album or, you know, some classical music so that he can listen to it while he works. And I'm just looking through to kind of see what I can see. And I find, I come across um, this 1967 album by Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. That is some good stuff. Good stuff. And as I, he didn't quite understand why I wanted it. I'm like, you will be educated. Don't you worry. <laughs> so we take it home and I'm listening to it. And I, play, and I, and I really, I got the album from this, for this one song. And it's Ain't No Mountain High Enough. And let me tell you, I will not do Marvin Gaye or Tammy a disservice by trying to sing it for you. But can I just say, as quirky as it may sound, I felt God speaking to me in this song. Let me, let me, let me share the lyrics with you. Ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no valley low enough. Ain't no river wide enough to keep me from getting to you. I literally sensed God in that moment saying to me, ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no valley low enough. God doesn't always have perfect grammar, you guys. <laughs> Ain't no river wide enough. Nothing is going to keep me from getting to you. And as I'm praying for our church, for as I'm praying for this message, I believe God is saying to you guys, Ain't no mountain high enough. No mountain. Ain't no valley low enough. You can't go too low. There is nothing, there is no river wide enough that will keep him from getting to you. Why? Because Emmanuel, God with us, changes absolutely everything. Everything. What are you bringing to the table? I don't know you all. I don't know all your backstories. I don't know all your stuff. I know we've all got stuff, though. And I also know that in his presence... Things change. In his presence, we are made whole. Emmanuel, 
God with us, changes our perception of ourselves. Emmanuel, God with us, changes the lies that we've believed. Emmanuel, God with us, sets us free from whatever addictions may bind us. Emmanuel, God with us, opens our hearts up to love others and be loved by others. Emmanuel, God with us, changes absolutely what? Everything. Everything, you guys. Nothing can go unchanged in his presence. Nothing. And that means nothing makes you unworthy to be in his presence because he is so committed to loving you and he is so committed to being with you and he is so committed to climbing mountains. He is so committed to crossing rivers. He's so committed to you know, going through valleys just to get to you. That's our God. That's our Emmanuel. So what does this mean for us in 2015 as we end out this year? And as we're moving into a new year, 2016, what does this mean for us? It means simply that as we look upon the new year, we have to recognize and remember that the coming of God with us is not merely just for Christmas. Remember, it's not just for this one, that one day. It is with us for life. God with us is a for life situation. God with us is for today. It is a for today situation. And God with us, no matter where you are or what your life is looking like right now, God with us is a for right now situation. That's what we have to remember. For right now, for this moment, and the next moment, and the next moment, and the next moment, God is with us. The presence of God fills the earth, you guys. This glorious presence fills the earth and is right here, residing amongst us, dwelling with us. Matthew closes out his Gospels in chapter 28 and with a promise from Jesus that says, And surely I am with you always, always, to the very end of the age. And there is a deeper truth than the everyday reality that fills our lives. And the deeper truth is, when you're commuting, God is there. When you're riding the bus, God is there. When you're cleaning up after others, figuratively and otherwise, God is there. When you're relating to people, God is there. When I'm at my job, and I don't know if it's making a difference at all, because really it's just a retail job, and you know, people, God's creation, can be fun and joyful and amazing, and they can also be really awful sometimes, you know? But God is there. It doesn't matter what your occupation is, God is there. It doesn't matter what you've got going on, God is there. The reality that surpasses everything in our life is the fact that God is there. While you do what you do, while you do you, God's doing God. And guess what? God is there. And I think one of the hugest lessons I've learned from reading through this text and praying and just in my walk with the Lord is the fact that God invades those places that don't exactly seem God-worthy. So for those of us who think we've got to get all shined up, get all right, <laughs> get everything all prayed up in order to enter into his presence, I want to say to you, God comes in and he invades the dirtiest of the dirty because he wants to be there. 
You know, remember Mary and Joseph, they were supposed nobodies. And God invaded that world. Why? So that he could dwell among us. God invaded the hellishness of my life and made it different and fresh and new. And in that presence, he brings healing and hope and joy and faith and love and forgiveness and all those things that we can and are meant to be. God is not waiting for you to get all prettied up and get your act together and get all your ducks in a row because he's coming to invade the messiest of the messes, the messiest of the messes, the darkest places that you can go to, God is there. And for those of you who are saying, that's great, Shauna, but I am doing awesome. <laughs> My life is good, and I am feeling blessed, and everything is A-okay. We are rolling on the river. I say, good for you. That's awesome. But you know what? God is there. If you've ever had the experience of truly loving another person and seeing their happiness and seeing their joy and knowing how that brings you joy and brings you happiness, then you have a glimpse of what it's like for our Father who rejoices when we rejoice and who dances over us and who loves us and who cannot wait to interact with all the aspects of our life. God is there, and that's what we take into this next year. How has God been with you this year? How has he been there? I guarantee he's been there, but how? Just take a moment and just think. Reflect on this last year and remember and see those small ways that God has been with you. Resist the temptation to overlook the small stuff. Resist the temptation to think that it's not grand enough to warrant God's presence because he was there. Ask yourself, where did I see answers to prayer? Where did I find fulfillment? What new opportunities did arise? Where did I experience forgiveness and freedom? What new relationships did God bring my way? And like I said, I don't know you all, and I don't know all your stories, but I can guarantee you, you can at least come up with a little something to where you can maybe possibly see the hand of God at work. And what I'm here to tell you is, is even if you just come up with one thing, he was there for all the rest of it too. Amen. All the rest of it, each and every moment. And he will be there each and every moment to come. The most important goal for us this next year now, some of us set resolutions, some of us commit to eating healthy and working out and giving up caffeine and whew, no thank you, or whatever else. You don't want to see that, trust me. But whatever, whatever your goals are for this new year, the most important thing that we can do, the most important thing we can do is to live with the reality that God is with us. Live in that reality. See it, know it, embrace it, and live in that. Let that be your reality. Find ways to sharpen your imagination and to open your eyes to see God at work. Open your eyes to see God just being with you, just hanging with you, you doing you and God doing God and that happening together. We talked a lot about this kind of stuff in our formed series, you know, how to shape in our imagination and sharpen our focus so we can really see God at work, what God is up to. And there are resources out in the bookstore that you can get and read, and there's podcasts that you can listen to, but however it is that you are able to do that, I really encourage you to begin to cultivate a mindset of truly seeing God right there in your midst all the time. 
Remember that God is with you whether we think we have done our part or not. He's not waiting for you to do your part. He's there already. He'll help you, actually. He'll give you what you need to do what you need to do. But he's there. He doesn't wait for you to do your part. He's already there. And through his presence, then all the other stuff comes. All the other stuff comes. But he's already right there. We've already got what we need. Do not fail to recognize Jesus in our midst. And as we close... I'm going to ask the prayer teams to come forward, and please, if you've got anything on your heart that you need to be prayed for about, don't leave without coming up here and letting these guys pray with you, because they are ready for you. Um, There's a song that, and it's not Marvin Gaye this time, but there's a song, it's a worship song that has really been speaking to my heart the last couple of months, and I just want to speak these lyrics over us as a body. Um, over us as a congregation, as a kingdom people, and let this truly be our reality. So I'm just going to ask you just to take a deep breath and close your eyes and try to just close out any distractions, anything that would distract you from hearing what God wants to say to you now. Here, now, all I know is I know that you are here now. O God, still our hearts and let your voice be all we hear now. Spirit, breathe like the wind come have your way because I know you're in this place. Thank you, God. Spirit, breathe. And like the wind, just blow across us and have your way. God, we know that you are here right now in this moment. And in this moment, God, I ask you to touch the hearts of those who desperately need a touch from you. In this moment, I ask you to clear away any confusion, to tear down anything that's hindering this relationship with you and us that you long to have. God, I thank you that you do climb any mountain. God, I thank you that you do cross any sea. God, I thank you that you will go to the deepest valley to get to us and to be with us. And so, God, here now, I ask that we would just surrender to you, that we would accept you and your love and your life. God, that we would live in your presence And as a result of living in your presence, God, I thank you that the healings come. And I thank you that forgiveness comes. And I thank you that redemption comes. And I thank you that we are no longer lonely and we don't have to be afraid because you are with us here now. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, because you love us so very well. Help us to remember that, embrace it, know it, and live it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Have a merry, merry, merry rest of the year. (laughs) And remember to come forward for prayer if you need it.